If you brought your Bible with you today, go ahead and get it out. Open up your Bible apps. Go with me to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Are you ready for some word today? Good, good, good. We've been, we've been teaching a series the last few weeks called Divine Protection. Divine Protection. Anybody interested in that? In being protected? All right. This will, this will help us tremendously. I, I venture to say it has already saved some people. But so many times... I'm getting ahead of myself already, but that's right. So many times when, uh, when we're spared, when we're protected, when we're saved from harm and danger, we don't know about it. It's only the close calls that we really know about. Right? So many things happen in life. And, and like I, I had mentioned to you before, uh, we, when we look back on it from heaven's vantage point, I think we'll be more appreciative of all the times we were saved, protected, spared, right? And just the fact that we're here. Just the fact that, that we're here. Amen. Uh, we are, uh, that's evidence that something didn't get to us. Because you think the devil's giving you a break? Think he's in a good mood today? <laughs> you ever seen someone in a perpetual bad mood? <laughs> he's grumpy every day and wants to take us out. You know why he hasn't? Can't. Trying, but he can't. Amen. Let's start off today, let's read several verses that we've already uh, covered from Psalm 91, and then we'll go a little bit further. Beginning in verse 1, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers. And under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the Most High your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For He shall give His angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Hallelujah. Does that stir you up? Man, I tell you, that's good eating right there. (laughs) <laughs> that's a good appetizer, a good main course, and leaving a little dessert all in those verses. That'll stir you up. Now, now we live, of course, in a fallen world where the Scriptures reveal to us that in the last days, uh, things aren't getting better. Perilous times come in the last days, the Scripture tells us. So as we get closer to the end, we're going to see more chaos in the world. That doesn't mean it's not going to get better for you or it get better for me. I believe it can, it can increasingly get better and better for us if we take advantage of all that the Lord has promised. But in the world we live in, it's dangerous. It's a, it's a perilous place. So we need to be prepared, right? How, how, how do we get prepared? We, we prepare with 
by keeping a knowledge of God's covenant promises in our hearts. We prepare by having a close walk, a tight relationship with the protector himself. Yeah, let your relationship with the one who protects be second to none. How many know these days are not the days to backslide? This is not the time to grow cold. I'm not saying there ever is, but especially these are the times not to be spiritually asleep. Why? It's dangerous. There's a lot of wickedness in our world. And we need the righteousness of, of, the, of the Lord in us to shine brighter than ever before. Yeah, Paul even told Timothy, you read his books, he said, Timothy, stir up the gifts of God that are on the inside of you. Stir them up. Why would you say that? Because I guess they'd been stirred down. <laughs> they had settled. They, they have, had been uh, utilized less than they could be. If that were true for him, could it be true for someone today, even though they, they're a believer, they're saved? Could it be true that their gifts are not being fully utilized and, and kept in motion? Yeah? You could grow cold. Possible. I'm not saying, not prophesying to you. But you could grow cold. You could grow weary. You could grow weak. You could fall asleep. Let's keep our eye on the ball. In this time, in this day, let's be aware, spiritually aware. Let's have our relationship with God stronger and better and more alive than ever before. And then we're ready. You could say that we at Life Church are preppers. Huh? Any preppers in the house? What do, we, what do I mean by that? We're, we, we keep our heart prepared. Our hearts are prepared um, by beefing up our faith in God's covenant to keep us safe. He's given us these promises for a reason. Some will acknowledge, some will meditate, some will say them, speak them, and, and keep them in the forefront. And others, they're just on the shelf somewhere. And so they're not activated. But we prepare ourselves by keeping these things in the forefront of our minds, uh, keeping our, uh, God's covenant before us. How many understand that, that faith in protection comes from hearing what God has said about protecting us? I know there are some who have who have presented faith in such a way where it's just so non-specific, it's hard to even know what it means. Well, I have faith in God. You know, well, you have faith in God. What? What's He going to do for you? You know, if you're if you're if you're struggling financially, you should have faith in God's provision. You should find scriptures and promises that He will provide for you and meditate on those. If you're having health problems, you should find scriptures that promise you and declare your healing and meditate and keep those in front of you, right? And if you're in a world that's chaotic and dangerous and there are th- people uh, suffering, you know, greatly, you should keep in front of you scriptures that promise safety and protection and deliverance from all these calamities. So what's happening in our house over these last few weeks is our faith is rising that God will protect us, that His angels will encamp about us, that He will keep us from all the calamities that are happening in the world. I don't know about you, and I get the, I get the benefit, of, benefit of this because I study it, and, uh, and I pray about it, and then I preach it three times, right? But I tell you, my faith is going up in the Lord protecting me. <laughs> And I tell you, if you give attention to it, you'll be more confident than ever that the, that the Lord is going to be your shield and your safety net, amen, your protection in life. Yeah. Jesus was a perfect example of this because he, he was 
not only living in a dangerous time as well, but a lot of people didn't like him. You know, you think, well, everyone loved Jesus. <laughs> no, they didn't. Some people really loved him, and he loved everyone, but there was some rough and tough and mean religious people. And they were trying to kill him. They tried to throw him off a cliff one day, but they couldn't get to him. He walked right through the middle of them. They would try to kill him at different times, but they couldn't. Say, why couldn't they? Psalm 91. He knew the Scriptures. He had a relationship with the Father, His protector, and there was something on Him. Say, well, of course, that was Jesus. No one could hurt Him. I mean, no one could harm Jesus. Now, that's a wrong way to think about this. Though He was the Son of God, He functioned and lived as the Son of Man. And he lived on earth just like we do. He had to have faith in God and His promise. He had to quote scriptures to defeat the devil. He was tempted. He was attacked. People came against him. And he had to stand his ground just like you do. Just like I do. But Jesus said of himself in John chapter 10, No one takes my life. And I'm telling you, with all the scriptures, with all the promises that we've been given, the more we look at them, I think we ought to be able to say that too. We ought to be able to say, no one takes my life, and no calamity, and no whatever, disaster. No one takes my life. Well, how can you say that? That sounds so arrogant. It's not, because I'm not my own protector. My faith is in His promise. And if I take Him at His word and do not water it down to match an experience, or to explain away why something didn't work somewhere sometime, then I'm just staying with the purity of God's amazing promise. Hallelujah. My faith goes through the roof. Everybody okay today? All right. Uh, Looking at at some of these scriptures again now, move on to verse 13 if you're there in Psalm 91. Verse 13, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Now I want you to consider the, the type of examples he's giving. These are rough, mean, uh, potentially lethal animals. They have the, the ability to kill a human being. And maybe it was in their time that there's more of them running around than there is, at least in our country. I haven't come up against any lions lately. Although snakes are, you know, around. Uh, there are some dangerous creatures, you, you know. It's, this is not a limitation. You could add some spiders in there probably and uh, uh, some different things that have the ability, naturally speaking, to kill people. But there they are in the list. You think the Lord really meant this? That a lion can't kill you. A cobra. A young lion. That that we would trample them underfoot. These are natural animals that can do us harm. But according to the scripture here, even the fiercest, strongest, the most insidious animals may be trampled on with impunity. We have the ability to live above this. And I know that sounds almost too out there for some. What do you mean? You saying that, what are you saying? Well, listen, I'm trying my best not to say a whole lot in regards to my opinion. Definitely judge anything I say by the word. But for the most part, you see, this is what it says. And you, you make your own call. Are we saying what the scripture says or are we backing away from it because we think, well, certainly, you know, lions are dangerous and cobras and and they can still kill people who what what are you saying who what you're going to scratch the tear this page out that doesn't apply you know like the young little boy went to going to church and uh he met the pastor one day and 
little boy had his Bible, but the Bible was only the covers, the leather on both sides. And the pastor said, Jimmy, or Joey, or he said, what's wrong with your Bible? All the pages are gone. Where are all the pages? He said, yeah, pastor, every time I come and you told us something wasn't for today, I tore that page out. And this is all I have left. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with the covenant. And if, if it goes beyond my explanation or beyond my reasoning, I think that's when it gets really good. This is when we entered into the realm of God being real and protecting people. So, yes, this is talking about real animals. Uh, but at the same time, there is a spiritual side to this. Satan is called a serpent. Satan is said, it says that he walks about as a roaring lion. So there's a spiritual side. The enemy wants to take you out, wants to, wants to clean our clocks. We'll say, why doesn't he? Because some of us are dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. We have this relationship with our protector. We believe in the covenant promises, and we say absolutely not, so he can't get to us. Yeah. If he has been getting to you, if he has been messing, messing with your life, put a stop to it. People come to me now and then and say, yeah, I've got these problems in my house. I hear noises in the night. I have these nightmares. I have these, these, these sounds. One, one person the other day, uh, a couple of months ago, uh, you know, started showing me all these marks on his arms. They're physical manifestations of, of things that are attacking him. I know in the intellectual world they think that's, that's not real, but it is real. Get in ministry, you find out it happens enough, you start paying attention. That it's not just all, that's not all psychological. So what should a Christian do? They should say no to it. Realize that they're authorized. Realize that they've been given uh, power and authority in the name of Jesus to command these things to go. Don't ask the Father to do it for you because, you know, there's no, scriptures don't tell us to ask God to do something about the devil. Jesus already defeated the devil. We're the enforcers of that defeat. We must stand up and say, you leave my house. You leave my kids alone. You leave my whatever. Yeah? Believers need to stand up and do that. Amen. And you can, by the way. I know this is just a mini teaching. It just kind of came up in my heart to, 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 to throw that in. Uh, I have a whole series um, called Authorized. Find it on the website. Get the full teaching on, on that. Uh, but this is the way things ought to be. We are to trample on these, whether physically or spiritually. You know, Jesus told his disciples, Luke ten nineteen, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. What, what kind of animals? Serpents. Are those real? No, talking about real serpents, real scorpions, because they can be a problem. And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. <laughs> there he goes again, making these outlandish statements. These crazy, almost too good to be true promises. What do you mean, nothing? Certainly he doesn't mean nothing. He means something, right? See, we want to back away from that. We want to reduce the promise and bring it down to where we can embrace it. The smallness of our heart rejects sometimes the the overwhelming, amazing promises of God. But let's elevate our, our, our mentality, our beliefs. Let's raise our game to match His promise and say, I can't figure that out. That doesn't make any sense. I'm just going to go ahead and go with it. I'm just going to take, take you at your word, Lord. Praise God. 
If you read over in the book of Acts, in the 28th chapter, there was a guy, uh, one of the, the Apostle Paul, right? Remember, he wrote a good portion of the New Testament. And he had been imprisoned for preaching, for preaching the gospel. And through that long process, he was on his way to Rome uh, to be tried. And they put him on a ship. And he knew before getting on there, even though he was a prisoner, he told those in charge, he said, this is not going to go well. We should not set sail right now. But the weather looked good. They looked out and everything looked fine. They set sail and ran into a hurricane. And, and it was a mess. And they were out there for weeks and starving. And their lives are all in jeopardy. Finally, they ended up um, uh, shipwrecked on this island, Malta. And once they got there, the prisoners, the guards, and no one lost their life. And so they're out there. They're freezing cold from being in the water and all this stuff. And so they built a fire, and Paul's helping these guys. I'm sure the soldiers are saying, prisoners, go get the wood. And they're building this fire. And, uh, and in the middle of that, this viper jumps out of the fire, this type of snake, and, and latches on and bites Paul. And so the locals there thought, yeah, he must be a bad dude. I mean, he survived the storm, survived this shipwreck, but yet still, uh, you know, like fate is out to get him, and he's going to die anyway. So uh, it, it bites Paul. He just shakes it off back into the fire, goes on his, about his business, and they're all waiting. Because they say, he's toast. He got bit. They're waiting for Paul to fall over and die. Because they know, they know they're local snakes and stuff. <laughs> and uh, it's lethal. They're waiting for him to, to keel over. And what happens? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing happens. And Paul goes, and so they go from, he's the worst criminal. He's the worst sinner. He must be a god. <laughs> and they change their mind really quick. <laughs> but I think this is interesting. And it didn't hurt him. Right? What was Paul doing? He was doing Psalm 91. He was doing Mark 16, 18. He was doing Luke chapter 10. All these things that the, that the Lord had promised and covenant about even natural attacks like this, he, it didn't bother him, didn't concern him. It's like deadly snake bite, psh, nothing. And it doesn't. It worked. And what's interesting is right in the middle of it, all the people changed their opinion of him. He's a bad person. <gasps> they were out of bounds, but he's a God. Right? What happens when believers today are protected by God's mighty hand? Whether from a situation like that or any kind of disaster, and we come out and we're spared, we're saved, we're protected, others are falling on every side, and here we come out in the middle of it. I tell you, it gives us an opportunity to minister. Paul ended up ministering to the governor of that island, getting him healed, and people heard the gospel. Why? Because he was divinely protected from the snake. Amen. Now, do you notice what, what he didn't do there? He didn't say, oh, by the way, this Sunday, we're having snake handling at church. Uh, I just wanted to demonstrate and prove to everyone that God is real, that he's alive. And so we're bringing in the snakes, the poisonous vipers, and, and, uh, and we're going to pass them around to see who has faith. <laughs> I know some have gotten... Uh, weird, weird with that kind of stuff. And people actually have fallen into that. There are groups that have done those kind of things. That's not what the scriptures teach. That's not what, that's not what he did. I, I'm not looking for snakes. Anybody looking for? I had a few hands in the first service that said they actually kind of like them. And, uh, and so we're having special prayer teams made for them. 
And, uh, uh, no, actually, you may like to, you may enjoy snakes for some reason. I don't. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere near them. I'm not going to put myself in the, you know, in the lion's den. But we have examples, both of that, and in Scripture we see David. He tore apart a lion with his bare hands. So he must have been really strong. No, he had a covenant with God. David, before he killed Goliath, defeated a lion and a bear. Physical lion that was taking his sheep. I mean, naturally speaking, a lion comes and takes an animal. Maybe we don't often, most of us don't have that many animals. Maybe comes and takes your pet. How many are saying, Lord, uh, I'll see my pet in heaven? (laughs) How many are going after it? Because we, but with a covenant with God, I guess we're able to do things beyond natural ability. Yeah, Daniel in the lion's den. You know that story. He was put in there to get eaten up, but the Lord protected him from those lions. What's your expectation for your life? Say, well, those things, I don't know about that. Start knowing about it. I hope I never have to deal with a lion. But I've got scriptures just in case. Amen. Everybody okay? Verse 14. Verse 14 reads, Because he has set his love upon me, therefore, everybody say therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high. Because he has known my name. Now, now look at that real close. Why will the person be delivered and set up on high? Because he has set his love upon him, the Lord. Because he has known his name. You see, this is not a, a, a sovereignty of God thing. Well, some are divinely protected out of God's sovereign choice. That's not what that says. This says the opposite of that. This, this doesn't tell me that God is, is, you know, deciding in His great wisdom and foreknowledge to this one's going to be saved and this one's going to be lost and this one's going to be eaten by a lion, this one's going to get bitten by a snake and shake it off and this one's going to uh, fall over and die. That's not what the Scripture says. I know this, is, uh, this is, runs crosswise to a lot of religious teachings. That these things are totally out of our control. But let's look at the promises. It says he does this because of an individual setting his love upon him. Because they have known his name. I don't want to put this all in the Father's control. Listen to this verse from the Amplified upon the screen. All right, Because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he knows and understands my name. Keep it rolling. Has a personal knowledge of my mercy, love, and kindness, trusts and relies on me, knowing I will never forsake him. No, never. Isn't that good? See, this shows me my part of the equation. This shows me my life is not just a gamble. It's not just a roll of the dice. Some win, some lose. Some get smacked and some don't. The tower falls on some and it misses other people. And it's completely random and out of our control. No. I can fully trust and rely on Him. I can come into an intimate knowledge of my Father and His promises to me and the rights of my covenant relationship. And if I do, I've got His guarantee. 
He told me He would do this for me. He told you He would do this for you. Verse 15, He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. This is talking about the same person. The person who, of course, has set his love upon him. But let me ask, let's just be real clear and be very real about this. Do some call and get no answer? Are some on their own in times of trouble? Do some people not get delivered? Do some not get honored by Him? The answer is yes, 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 and yes. So it's not automatic. It doesn't just fall on everybody. But it is something all of us have access to. Oh, I love it. You have access to this. You can have this. Now, there might be a temptation for some thinking about their own life right now, thinking, oh, this doesn't really apply. I'm not really around snakes and lions, falling towers, and I feel pretty safe overall. I think most of us probably do feel relatively safe. We're in a part of the world that there's not, you know, huge, constant calamity. Uh, But let's let's not let our guard down because of that. Let's not think, oh, nothing ever could happen just because uh, we're in America and, you know, we're in Idaho. We don't even have hurricanes or tornadoes or, you know, or, or whatever. Let's not let our guard down. Let, let's, let's let our faith be built strong in His protection so we get our prayers answered. We get honored. We get help in time of need. And, uh, and, and, and let's read verse 16 now. This is the last verse of this chapter. It's a good one. It says, With long life... I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, again, don't interpret that with someone you know who didn't have a long life. Stay on the Lord's side. Stay with the promise. Independent of anything you may have experienced or seen naturally. Keep it pure for you. It's a temptation to disqualify yourself, saying, well, it's not for everyone, it's not all the time. Is that what it said? Did it say, but, 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 and but? Did it say, not always, of course, don't personally expect this, or did it just say what it said? With long life I will satisfy him and show him, show him my salvation. Now let's consider this long life thing for a moment. Uh, Many people have this belief that all of our lives are on the clock. That there is a, of course we have a birth date, birthday, birth date, and then they also believe we have a die date. The date, and it's fixed. You might not know when it is, but there is a day on the calendar, and whenever the, the calendar turns and the clock reaches that time, it's predetermined, written in stone, nothing you can do about it, you're out of here. Okay, how many know a lot of people believe that? Yeah, if you do believe that, just hold your reaction. Let me hear, hear the whole thing. Because you see by this verse, it just kind of doesn't line up with that belief. But is that true? That it's all on the clock, it's all predetermined, there's nothing you can do about it, it's just, it, it, just, it just is. When your time's up, you're out of here. 
you know, like the individual that was working on, he was, he's an airplane mechanic and around a lot of pilots. And, and one day he was, uh, you know, the pilots were often asking him if he'd like to go up with them and fly. And, and he was not real interested in that. He knew how they worked, but he didn't want to fly. And he was a little bit uh, fearful of flying, and they'd get on him from time to time. One day, one of them was really pressing him, and they, and they said to him, well, listen, you're not going to go until your time's up anyway. And he thought about it for a moment, and he said, yeah, but what if we get up there and your time's up? <laughs> well, that changes the equation, doesn't it? But is there a set date? Or I like to say it this way. What does the scripture say? Let me just give you a couple quick examples. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. What? You mean I can do something that adds to my days, that lengthens the span of my life? According to the scripture you can I know some, when you talk about living a long life, there are some younger people that, that say, I don't want to, because they have some older people in their life that are grumpy. <laughs> Not real nice. And they say, I don't want to be old. <laughs> I, I don't want to live that long. But the scripture not only says you can add length of days and long life, but also peace. Peace is a quality of wholeness and soundness, and, and it's a good life. Yeah? We, I tell you, when we're, in, when we're full of God's amazing love and blessings and, and provision and presence in our lives, we can live long. And it's not, I'm a hundred and can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> uh, no, he adds the length of days and peace. Peace. Shalom. Amen. So this is a, this is a good thing. But notice the context. He adds them to us. Ephesians chapter 6 is another example. Verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. What's the promise? That it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. That you may live long. So in other words, a person's length of days is connected to their response to the Lord's commands. Amen. So it's not set in stone. There are things we can do to shorten our lives. There are things we can do to lengthen our lives, it's not predetermined. By the way, parents, this is a good tip. Make sure your parents are obedient and honoring your parents, your children. <laughs> Make sure your parents will honor you. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure your children honor and obey. And if you need to show them the verse, do. If you need to threaten them, <laughs> you want a miserable, pathetic, short life then keep it up, young man. <laughs> no, but seriously, the promises are there to say you're gonna, it's going to go well with you. You're going to have a good life, and you're going to have a long life if you honor and obey your parents. So, again, I can see that it's not set in, in stone, but back to so, the Proverbs uh, uh, 91, 16, with long life, I will satisfy you. Another way to say that is you can live until you're satisfied. It's not taken from you, but the point comes in life where you say, I'm good. I'm ready to go. 
I know that's not the culture. I know most people don't get there. I know Genesis chapter 6, the Lord set our days at 120 years. Uh, because prior to the flood, people lived a very long time. And, uh, and that decreased immediately after that started going down, 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 down. And Moses, who wrote that, lived 120 years. And I know nowadays most people don't get to that. It's kind of, kind of rare. But at least it gives you a target, right? Instead of most people thinking, hey, 70, pretty good. Eh, you're kind of on the low end. Huh? Maybe we ought to up our game and think a little bit longer. Say, so what, what if I'm 90 and I'm done? If you're satisfied, see ya. See you there. But that's, that's the point. The blessing of God, the covenant, the protection of God means that we can live the full length of our days. That we can live out our plan. And if we're done, we're done. But if we're not, bless God, we're staying. And Lord, I'm counting on you to move towers or move me. So I'm not under them when they fall. When there is calamity, you're my force field. You are my protection. Your angels are around me, and I'm, I'm trusting and expecting that they will do their job to keep me. Yeah? Come on, is, is your faith rising in God's protection? This is what He said. This is what He promised us. What's our part of this? I can't make this happen. I can't protect myself from some of the ills and dangers of this world. But I can say, Father, I trust in You. I, I read the 91st Psalm. I read what, what Jesus said. I see these examples. You did it for one, you'll do it for me. You are no respecter of person, and your promises are for all. They are for me. So I'm expecting you to keep me safe, and I'm going to live long, and I'm going to live strong, and I'm going to have peace all the way to the end. Amen. Amen. This is, this is the will of God. This is what we can expect. This is what we can develop in in, regard, in regards to our faith. Thank you, Lord. Now... There's another part I want to share with you about this. And it has to do with, because I, I know when we began and we've read several times about abiding in the secret place. And, and people sometimes ask, well, where is the secret place? Uh, usually my answer is this, it's a secret. <laughs> Nevertheless, there is more to say about that. <laughs> And, uh, and I do want to take a, a, a time on a, a Sunday and get into that in some detail so we don't, having heard all this stuff and all these amazing promises, walk away feeling, yeah, but I don't even know if I qualify because I did something stupid yesterday and I was probably out from the shadow of his wings, right? And, and, and so maybe I don't qualify for this. We can clear that up pretty easy. Yeah, and, and we can help everyone to live in a confidence that they know they're walking with the Lord where they ought to be. And it's not a matter of living a perfect life. It's not a matter if you ever blow it, then you're toast and the Lord is leaving you or something like that. We can live confidently in God's favor and protection all of our days. And so we'll get into that in some, in, in some greater detail. Uh, and I think it will be very, very good. Amen. Father, thank you today for working in our hearts working in our